0: By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area.:
1: It's BS in the morning on KSLQ and Westplex 1071 It's about damn time we come on the air, about Hoover damn time we come on the air, right?:
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah uh, we're, we're primed, ready to roll. shelly has got like her, her uh, you know her, her radio clothes on this morning. you know, she's got the antennas that are stuck all over her body. She's ready to go. I am. Where? We I don't am, know. But I am. We don't know where, but she's ready to go, right? Yes. It is a Thursday. So happy it's Thursday, as I say, S-H-I. I
0: totally just found that out yesterday. What's that? That it was Thursday <laughs> you today. You
1: day off yesterday. You're going like, it's today Tuesday? No, today's Wednesday. That was yesterday. Uh, anyway, lots of stuff going on. Man, are you? are you continuing to watch this Southwest Airlines meltdown. Now, I have to tell you, I am a huge Southwest Airlines fan. You are. And I am hugely disappointed what's going on with them. And I've got an article. It's too long to read on the air, but it's, I guess, it's from one of the pilots. I don't know if he's, like, the head of the Southwest Pilots Association or whatever it is. He's the SWAPA, Southwest Airlines Pilots Association. And, you know... I'm gonna give you the highlights. The highlights is that Herb Kelleher, who started the uh, airline, was a very, very, very operational, uh, intense guy, and he really, really believed that the people who made Southwest successful were the stewardesses. Excuse me, the flight attendants, the pilots, the guys loading the baggage. You know, the people at the gates. And they were
0: the first uh, company that was fun.
1: Yeah, and, they, and he stressed a positive work attitude, you know, let's have fun, you know, hey, you know, you know we're going to... And interestingly enough, also, he, he threw away the idea the customer is always right. He says the customer is not always right. If we have a customer who's disruptive, who complains all the time, we fire the customer. We don't want him around because he pollutes our environment, okay? Grief
0: to dollar ratio. Right,
1: so he retires, and now he's unfortunately in that great airport in the sky. And this guy comes in by a name of, I think it's Gary Kelly is his name. And he's an accountant and he hires another guy as his chief operations officer in other words the coo the guy who has essentially got his finger on the pulse of what's really going on on the front line you know what you know what the planes are doing what the pilots are doing the operations he's an accountant neither of them have any any airline experience okay and Uh essentially what this guy is saying in this little it's on facebook and i've seen it a couple other places it's very long it's like i don't know a couple thousand words essentially he's saying Look, this is what happened. These accountants, all they are, they're bean counters. They're sitting, you know, and and all they care about is is bottom line and Wall Street. They want to make sure everything looks good for Wall Street. And what's sad about that is there are so many companies, past, present, future, that if Wall Street, eh, we don't like that industry. They just get pummeled. Even though they're great companies, you know, they, they do a great job. And quite honestly, they make money. I mean, you've heard some of you know if you listen to stock market reports, they say, "Well, the news are for X Y Z company. They 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 dropped six percent because they showed a, a a massive profit last quarter, but it wasn't as big as the uh, the the people on Wall Street thought it was going to be." So in other words, they get punished for making a ton of money, but not a ton, ton, ton of money. Get what I'm saying? Which yeah, is like
0: somebody just um, didn't scrub that enough.
1: Well, it's just to the point where it's like, you know if you go to the if you go to the car the car dealership and there's something wrong with your car let's say you got you know the radiator's got a leak and and you go there and you pick up the car and they and you look at the sheet and it says You know, like four hundred fifty dollars for a new radiator, and labor was two hundred. So, but then there's a bunch of other items. We also found that your alternator belt was loose. We fixed that for nothing. We also saw that your windshield wiper motor was about ready to to go out. We just went ahead and replaced that for free. You know, and we also saw that that your uh, left rear tire, you know, had a little a leak. So we took it off and we, you know, plugged the leak and everything's good. We didn't charge you for that. Are you gonna go? Well, you didn't wash it. You're gonna go, man. Look at all the things they did for me for free. I'm thankful. Instead, some people go, well, "Yeah, but thanks for doing all this stuff for free." But you didn't wash it, and you didn't put gas in the tank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean,
0: people... that's your job.
1: Because
0: I just, I just got a car yesterday.
1: Did they get your car fixed?
0: They did. Is well, it... they had to order a part, but it'll be here in a couple weeks. But for the, mo- it still runs. I hope it runs. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't that. It wasn't that kind of. Well, you you but, had what did you um, have?
1: You had uh, you had oil change all that. You had a preventative maintenance. Plus, you had a what? You had that in m- emissions. You had that most emission. Oh, yeah, that's right. You had the you had the you had to get your license renewed. So so you had, yeah, you had all no
0: yeah my tags right. right. Which brings up a a, a ponder. So if you have personalized plates, yeah. and you've had them for years, right? What if your plate is starting to disintegrate?
1: You can you can ask them for a new one. I had that I had that happen not on a personalized plate, but I had a tire blowout on one of my trailers that the tire or the license plate was mounted behind the fender for the tire. And when the tire blew out, like the little pieces of of you know steel cord just whipped the license plate to death, and I went in and got a new one. And I asked them that because I have personalized plates, and what you do is you go in, you can go to a license bureau, or I think you might be able to do it online. Uh, DOR is pretty good about that, that you go in and you say, my license plate is in bad shape, needs to be replaced. And then what they do is they will send it to like a license bureau. You can go pick it up in Jefferson City. You, you put like all the personalized plates you can put down where you want to pick them up at, whatever agency. And you do the same thing. You say, my license plate is, is deteriorating. I need a new plate. But then what you have to do is when you, when the plate comes in, you have to surrender the old one. So in other words, you have to bring in the one that's damaged, or you know the paint's peeling off, or stuff like that, and you have to give it to them, and they'll give you the new one. So yeah, yeah, that's that that that's that can is is it rusting or well, they're they're aluminum? It, but sometimes the paint will come off of it. I mean, you know, but you know what? Yes, but no. Honestly, a lot of people don't realize this. You know, aluminum corrodes. Matter of fact, that's one of the issues with aircraft, and especially one of the issues like if you ever seen like these pictures of. Aircraft on an aircraft carrier going off the end of you know, like the pilot ejects, but the air you know the aircraft goes into the ocean. And sometimes they recover them, but they junk them because once they've been soaked in salt water, they're no good because they corrode. People don't realize that about aluminum. That's that's a real serious problem in older aircraft. Matter of fact, when I was flying,
0: what about what about wiring?
1: Well, that's a problem as well too. But when I was flying, they talked about the fact that the rotor blades on the helicopter they They wore quicker in urban areas like flying around the city of St. Louis than they did in rural areas because all the junk in the air, all the air pollution that you know, when the rotor blades are up there swapping up against this this air, it corrodes the blades. And I mean, not like you know, like you lose a quarter inch or anything like that, but it starts to tend to to the chemicals that are in the environment and stuff like that. And a lot of times you get to a certain point where the rotor blades become, uh, they're time-rated anyway. You can't use them forever. Uh, you have to replace them because they have corrosion on them. That's a real issue in aircraft. I mean, you know, so, so a lot of these old, you know, Cessnas and stuff like that, it's not that that they don't fly anymore. They do. But the problem is they're all made out of aluminum, and, you know, water gets in certain places. Have you ever seen a little, you know, like if you have like an, you know, back in the day, if you have older houses that have aluminum storm windows, you know what I'm talking about? I do. Uh, if you look at them, you'll see that, They've, you know, there's corrosion on it. There's pieces. Of not like, not like rust, like you know, a car where like half the fenders missing or stuff like that. But there is corrosion, and I had like, I. It's funny you should mention that because I had a set of license plates that had that happen. Somehow or another, the paint came off of the aluminum, and then the aluminum started to corrode. And like, I had like a piece of the middle of the license plate that was gone. I mean, not, not the. Not the actual license plate, but the the paint the number was partially gone. It was still embossed on the plate, you know, like it was stuck up uh-huh. from yeah. from the plate, but it you know the paint you know the backing paint and the paint for the the number was gone as well too. so you know those d o r people at your license bureau they're so helpful. <laughs> That's why I drive to Jefferson city You <laughs> and and you know this about me right when I renew my plates. I drive to Jefferson City and I literally get them at the Department of Revenue office where the people actually work for the state of Missouri and they're always at
0: 25 in the afternoon.
1: Yeah, and, and they're always so nice. I mean, I mean, if I have issues, bang, it gets taken care of. You go to Lightsbeer. I did I, I told you the story, the one place which I shall remain nameless, you know, the Chesterfield office. I'm not going to say which office, but the Chesterfield office down okay. there down there in in Gumbo Flats. The lady who owns it is Indian not like American Indian but India the country Indian okay yeah and I guess she hires all her relatives some of whom can barely speak English and I'm not making fun of them because of this I'm making fun of them because of the fact one time it got so bad when I was there renewing my plates I said to, she kept asking me these questions I could barely understand what she's saying and I said do me a favor Turn your computer monitor sideways because she's, you know, like in front of me and I'm looking at the back of her monitor. So she turns it sideways. I said, okay, right here, type this in. And she'd type it in. I'm telling her what to do. I'm the customer. She's the employee. She doesn't know what she's doing. And I'm going like, okay. But yet you go to Jefferson City, they, they're, they're all women down there working the, on the counter. They are phenomenal. The one lady just retired. I used to go to her for years. And I'm telling you, if I had a problem, bang, it was taken taken care of. What's the what's the what's the line? If you have a problem, I'll solve it. Turn the music on while the DJ revolves it. Isn't that what it is? Yep. Come on, you're the yep. w- come on. What's the line? Come on, you're the you're the you're the ice ice baby lady. If,
0: if you've got a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out my beat while my DJ revolves it.
1: See? <laughs> You are so good at that. That cracks me up. You told me that you learned the lyrics of that song, and your daughter thought you were so cool. I mean, she. Was, I
0: was the cool mom. Was yes. she? In,
1: was she in high school at the time, or what? Where was she? What? No,
0: she was in grade school.
1: And what did you show up at the school and and do the ice ice baby rap and and? Oh, no, her uh,
0: friends knew I could do it. Oh, they, it would come on. It was a very popular song back then. And... But
1: but did you just ever just do it when her friends were around? Hey, I'm going to do the ice ice baby thing. And you just started doing it. Yeah, and what did they do? <laughs> they didn't
0: do anything. Your mom's so
1: cool. Oh, really? Wow.
0: Your mom's so cool, Tiffany.
1: You know what they? I I bring kids to home to my my you know my place, and my and the kids would whisper to me, "Your mom's so weird." That's what they. No,
0: would say. no, their kids didn't say that about unless they got in trouble by me. Then they knew. Her, that, fr- uh, her
1: friends when her they friends
0: stepped over the line. When her
1: friends got in trouble by you, you'd you'd read them out. You you, you you give me the old tongue lashing? Yes. Really? Wow.
0: Yes, I do that to this day.
1: Wow. So if one of Tiffany's friends calls up and said, Hey, Shelly, I heard you on the radio. You suck. You go, Well, stick it up your butt, you little jerk. That's what you do, right?
0: Well, it would be other <laughs> different words, but yes. Just of it, yes.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> now we know that about Shelly. Okay. Thank you, Brad. <laughs> we have to take a break. <laughs> We don't have to, but we have to pay some bills. yeah. And we have to promote these fine clients who we truly appreciate for advertising on our radio station. Because if it wasn't for them, we'd be working the drive through at McDonald's. It's 629. It is BS. Show Maren Morris. I'm still amazed by her as Shelly whacks her microphone with her hand. Uh, yeah, I'm, I still am very impressed with Maren Morris. She can turn that, that country voice on and off. Have You you know who this... I looked this name up. Let's see if I find her name. Have you ever heard of this? Her name is Lainey L A I N E Y. Laney Wilson, I believe it is. You ever heard of her before? gretchen's daughter? No. Um she's an American country music singer, songwriter, Wilson performed from an early age before going to Nashville, Tennessee. She pursued a career as a country performer in twenty fourteen. She released her first album, followed by a second album. Blah 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 blah. Okay, blah, 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 blah. A story is she goes to Nashville. Doesn't have a lot of money. Doesn't have the best uh, family background. Apparently, she came from like sort of a not so great family situation, and she lived in a camper for like two years. Literally, one of those pop up campers. Now, I don't know if you know much about Nashville, but Nashville is pretty cold in winter. I mean, you know, if you look at matter of fact, let me see if I can find the temperature right now. Um, it's not a lot warmer than us. I mean, it, some. I mean, they're they're further south. But they get a lot of the same stuff that we get. You know what I mean? Let me see if I can find Nashville in here. Um, uh,
0: I just want to take you pictures with the angel wings. Where is that? Nashville.
1: I know, but where is that in Nashville?
0: I don't know. I've never been there.
1: Nashville, Tennessee. Okay, it's 55 right now. Of course, right now in St. Louis... It's
0: 56.
1: It's 56. <laughs> so it's not a lot of not, you know, they have a lot of similarities in their climate. And unfortunately, they do get some of the heavy snow because remember, I talked about when the snow comes through the St. Louis area. Uh, hold on a minute. Let me go back again. Okay. Add Nashville. God, okay. There it is. Okay. Uh, right now. It's it's 54 according to what I say in St. Louis, 55 in Kansas City, it's 23 in Anchorage, 56 in Mobile, 59 in Pensacola. Get this, in Las Vegas, 45 right now.
0: That's cold. really yeah,
1: that's cold for them. 56 it is. 56 in Memphis, 55 in Los Angeles, Denver's 28, Chicago's 47, Nashville's 55. So she lived. Let me see if I can find there. She talks about that. She lived in a in a in a trailer in like a pop up camper for like two years. And that's, you know, I'm going like, man, talk about dedication. You know, what's really interesting to me is there are people that talk about doing things and there are people that do things. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Like, I'm mad at myself because I've talked about a radio station that's nothing but podcasts. And, you know, I keep talking about it. One of these days I'm going to do it. I don't think it's ever going to get done. What do you think?
0: Oh, it'll get done. <laughs> Oh, absolutely.
1: We'll get that. <laughs> okay, let me read this. Um, John Rick, early life. Raised in Baskin, Louisiana, a town of only 250 people. Her father, Brian, was a farmer while her mother, Michelle, was a schoolteacher. She became interested in music at a young age. Young age, her family often listened to classic country music by Buck Owens and Glenn Campbell. Country music was, for me and my family, it was more than music. We lived the words to those songs. At age nine, she attended a performance of the Grand Old Opry and was drawn to the music. I just remember looking up there being like, man, I want to do that, she recalled. Wilson's father taught her a couple of chords, and she was soon writing songs by her pre-teen years. Pre-teen years she's writing songs. In 2006, she released an EP on MySpace titled Country Girls Rule. In high school, Wilson took a job impersonating Hannah Montana Often booking her own shows, she performed as Hannah Montana at birthday parties, fairs, and festivals across Louisiana, Mississippi, and Arkansas. Even performing for children for child cancer patients at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. Wow, interesting uh, career. Uh, finished high school and get this. Guess what, Shelly? No, no college for Laney. She finished high school, moved to Nashville, Tennessee in August 2011. She first lived in a camper trailer outside of a recording studio in Nashville. <laughs> the studio owner paid for Wilson's water and electricity to help make ends meet. She plugged in her camper, and he let her he let her hook up to the faucet and to an electric outlet. And um, in 2021, Wilson explained that her early years in Nashville were difficult. It taught me that these things were, were not going to be easy. It taught me perseverance. For several years... Wilson played a variety of small shows and worked on her songwriting. In 2014, Wilson released a self-titled album on Cupid al- uh, label, C-U-P-I-T. It was followed in 2016 by a second album called T- Together. Uh, no, excuse me, Tougher. I can't read. The disc was released on Lone Chief label, one of my favorite labels. The project garnered an audience and charted the Billboard Top Country albums list in 2016. 2018, she issued her second EP, a self-titled collection that was re- self-released. This led to Wilson signing a publishing deal. With Sony in twenty eighteen, the same year she also signed a management deal. So she's doing well now. Lainey Good. Wilson. And but she's got the twang. She's got the twang. I'm telling you. You know, and that's the crazy thing with Marin Morris. When you hear her do the country songs, she's got the twang. She does the pop, the pop songs, the top forty songs. She's the twang's gone. It's like she turning on and off. I, I can't you know, to me, that's so impressive in musician musician because musicians, whether they're singers or playing an instrument, they become adept at a certain style. Like, a jazz musician, for the most part, can't usually do, like, rock and roll. You know what I mean? Like, although, that was the interesting thing about Chicago. A lot of those guys in Chicago, the brass guys, were all sort of very, very classically trained uh, musicians. And I believe one of them actually turned out an offer to, he auditioned and won the audition to play with the Chicago Symphony. Nah, I'm going to go play with Chicago. I think he'd make the right decision. But... Anyway, but see, Laney didn't go to college, Shelly. Did you hear that? Lainey didn't go to college.
0: What'd you say? I was listening to another radio station.
1: <laughs> Shelly and I have this ongoing...
0: You don't have to tell the whole bulk uh, bits and pieces of it.
1: I am disappointed at our, at our educational system. I talked to someone yesterday... Oh, are
0: you? Because you hide it so well.
1: I talked to one of our clients yesterday, and, and he brought this up, that why... Do you hear in a high schools, all you hear lately is, well, you know, they've got fights. You know, there, there's there's like, well, you know, um, their pronoun thing. And then a person who shall remain nameless has told me, and I don't want to get this person in trouble. Um, and I'm not going to even say a code word of who this person is, so you'll pick up on it. Because I think you know who I'm talking about if I said a certain word. But this person has a relative of theirs who is a high muckety-muck in a local school district. And she told me that some of the kids are now identifying, you know, this gender identification. They're identifying as furries, as animals, and they want litter boxes in the classroom. (laughs) Ew. Yes, I swear this is, and this is someone who told me when I, when, when they told me this, I go, that's BS. And they go, no, 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 this is for real. And I go, so they're identifying as, well, remember we had that story about, about that we attorney did. that wrote that, that wrote that article about some school district where she was a, she's an attorney. She handles matters for, she essentially works with school districts. She's like an attorney for, for school districts and, and schools and, ed, you know, educators and principals and things like that. And she told the story about some district that had a, had a class where the guy in the class identified as a dog and he'd lay on the floor in the classroom and he'd bark and and you know and the teacher was like okay what do I do you know can
0: and, you just imagine how screwed up these kids are going to be well but here's I the, mean seriously think about it
1: okay here's why things are different from the one I went to school I want to sound like an old guy but I'm an old guy in back in the day if I would have gone to one of my classes and I would have said I'm going to lay on the floor because I'm a dog I'm going to bark and I want you to put in you know a bowl so I can lick my water out of the bowl in the classroom. The teacher would have said, you need to go down and see. And one of my principals was, and I'm not kidding, Mr. Badger. Okay? Mr. Badger. Like, you know, like the animal, the badger, Mr. Badger. Okay. Mr. Badger would take me in his office and this happened to me twice. He'd take me in his office. He'd ask me what was going on, why I was causing a problem. He'd say, bend over my desk and he'd whack me about ten times with his paddle. Yep. And I'd go back to my class and I wouldn't cause any more problems. (laughs) That was that was the back in the day.
0: The attitude adjuster.
1: <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, I'm not going to do that anymore because that hurt. So that was in junior high, Mr. Badger. Um, <laughs> and it was interesting because my mom knew Mr. Badger because my mom worked in the district at the time. And my mom would tell me the story that Mr. Badger was a reluctant educator. That what he really wanted to do was – when he was going to college, he worked part time at a funeral home, and he really loved working in the funeral home. But he had already gone to school like for three years for his education degree, and he go, oh, I'm not going to change now. So he became, you know, he became a teacher. Got his degree, graduated after four years, graduated, became a teacher, then ultimately as a principal. And all he talked about was. How he made the wrong decision, career decision that he really wanted to be a mortician and work in a funeral home. And he, and you know, and he, and he kept telling my mom, you know, one of these days I'm just going to wake up and I'm gonna go, I'm tired of being a principal. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to go back to school and get my, you know, whatever they their certification in being a mortuary person, whatever. And I'm going to become, I'm going to ultimately buy myself a funeral home. I'm going like, wow, that's Mr. Badger. So when he whacked me in the butt with his with his with his paddle, which by the way had holes cut in it. It'd like of course hold, it did. Because that way it cut down on the wind resistance, and he could whack me even harder. Because the air, as he wound up and swung the paddle, the air would go through the paddle, which would make it go faster when it hit my gluteus maximus.
0: So was that like, um...
1: And and there were no furries in our classroom? <laughs> this is,
0: I'm sorry, you just... <laughs> <They're>... <laughs> I mean... The only thing we had when we were young was whether or not to run behind the uh, the mosquito sprayer. <laughs> huh.
1: And when you say that, people go, what? Back in the day... It was, had
0: the best smell like that those was, black magic markers.
1: Right, that was the big Ooh. thing. When the mosquito truck it came, was a big came thing. through your neighborhood, you jumped on your bike and you rode behind those mosquito sprayers. Nowadays, if, if you saw that happen... The police would grab you. They would yes. take you to your, where do you live? They'd take you to your home, and they'd arrest your parents for negligence. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was
0: that that time frame? <laughs>
1: right. We had, they, no, no. I said now they would. Now, oh, okay. Now, yeah, they would. Now <laughs> they would have your parents thrown in jail. Do you know you allowed your kid to go behind the mosquito fogging truck? Do you know that stuff that comes out of there could kill them? You are delinquent parents. We are throwing you in jail for you know minor abuse, child abuse. You may never come out. You'll be like one of the January Six people. You'll never come out of jail. Yeah, unfortunately. Is he
0: still in jail?
1: Oh, there's a bunch of guys still in jail. Don't even have a trial. There's some of them in 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 solitary confinement. Really? Yes. I'm telling you, I'll, I'll pull up the article and send it to you. Okay. We okay. Got, we got to take a break at six forty-six. Break. There you go, crunching your microphone again.
0: What are you doing?
1: What are you doing, Shelly? Hello?
0: Just hanging out here, just <laughs> waiting to do the best radio show I can.
1: <laughs> There's a comment I can make, but I won't.
0: <laughs> best wise to keep that one to yourself.
1: <laughs> okay, here's the article according to Time Magazine. More than 840 people have been arrested for storming the U.S. Capitol building on March 6, 2021. Wow. Think about that. Next week, actually, yeah, yeah, next week, that'll be two years ago. Hard to believe, isn't it? with charges ranging from obstruction of an official proceeding to assault. But 17 months, and this article was written back in, uh, when was this article written? 17 months of so this article was written probably, what, in May or June or something like that. But 17 months after the attempt at and insurrection, a significant number of rioters are still awaiting their sentencing. Only around a quarter of those arrested, 185 individuals, have received criminal sentences. The rest are waiting for their trials or haven't yet reached a plea agreement. They're in jail! They've been in jail for, according to this, at this point in time, 17 months. Now, they they show some of these guys, and some of these guys deserve it. Like, this is the guy, Robert Scott Palmer, got 63 months in prison. He was the guy who took a fire extinguisher and, and sprayed it in the face of some of the Capitol Police. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, 63 months is too lenient for him, and he's wearing a a jacket that has red-white stripes across the middle of it and, like, blue with white stars across the top and down the sleeves, okay? You don't do that kind of stuff. I don't care what the situation is. Um, He's firing a fire extinguisher at police at the Capitol building. He should have gotten 20 years in jail, as far as I'm concerned, okay? Then there's Delvin Thompson, 46 months in prison. He took part in the the rioting for nearly three hours on January 6th, okay? Okay. Then there's Lonnie Leroy Kaufman, 46 months in jail. Uh, he drove to Capitol Hill from Alabama on January 6th in a pickup truck loaded with powerful weapons and is believed to have been the most heavily armed defendant during the attack. In his truck, investigators found a small arsenal of melt cocktails, 9mm handgun, rifle, shotgun, hundreds of rounds of ammunition, and he was listening to BS in the morning. Well, hold on a minute. I know you didn't say that. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Langrand, 44 months in prison. Now, here's the guy... The, everybody knows this guy, but they don't know his name. The dude who had the horns on. Remember the, the crazy dude that had, he had no shirt on, had the hairy chest, and he had the horns, and he had his face painted red, white, and blue. Remember that guy? I do. Jacob Anthony Chansley. C-H-N-S-L-E-Y. 41 months in prison. A self-described shaman and a follower of the QAnon conspiracy theory. Okay, first off. He comes from a nutbag family because, like this goofy Sam Bankman Freed dude, uh, his mom showed up in D.C. when he's in jail and goes, oh, you can't hold him in jail. He has a very specific diet. He's a vegan, and, and this is cruel and unusual punishment because you're making me eat meat, and he's a vegan, and you're going against his religion because he doesn't believe that we should eat animals. i
0: don't eat meat because i'm a veterinarian
1: is that you you don't eat meat because you're a veterinarian you don't want to eat your you don't want to eat your customers
0: (laughs) 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 that was actually from a commercial a long time ago
1: it was a funny commercial or a stupid commercial
0: it was a funny commercial.
1: Okay, but it wasn't. And once again, we'll never know. We'll never know if this was a bogus commercial or this was a f- real commercial. We'll never know when Larry King says, I had
0: prostate problems that were driving me nuts.
1: <laughs> we still don't know if that was done on purpose or by accident. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> I do.
1: I mean, look, Once again, I can remember exactly where I was at. I was in a gas station pulling away from the pump. I just gassed up my car and that ad came on the radio. I go, I don't believe I just heard that. I'm going like, I got to get that clip. And it was it was some, some kind of a pill you took for your prostate. <sighs> man. Hey, can I ask you a weird question? Uh-huh. If you're a woman and you transgender over to a man, do you have prostate problems?
0: And they're driving you nuts.
1: <laughs> no, I'm being serious because... Women don't have a prostate, right? Just like, for example, women don't have an Adam's apple. Isn't that the deal? Do you have you don't have an Adam's Adam's apple, right? Correct? Women don't have that?
0: Um, I'm sure they do. That it just isn't pronounced as men. I'm fired they don't. Oh, I mean, you can't see it if they do.
1: Feel on your neck. Do you feel Adam's apple there?
0: No, I feel chicken neck.
1: Chicken neck. <laughs> you said that I didn't. <laughs>
0: yes brad i know
1: okay let's go over another one here um scott kevin fairlam 41 months in prison video videos from the Capitol riot show fairlam climbing on inauguration scaffolding pushing a police officer into a group of people and punching the officer's face shield court filings also indicate that fairlam briefly entered entered the capitol in one video he posted to facebook january 6th he said and he's actually yelling what patriots do we effin disarm them and then storm the effing Capitol. Nice guy. Fairlam, age forty four at his sentencing, pleaded guilty in August to assaulting an officer and instructing an official procedure a proceeding of Congress. He's sentenced to forty-one months in prison, credit for time served, ordered to pay two thousand dollars restitution for damages to the building. Now that lady who's from Sullivan, who tore Nancy Pelosi's sign off her door, I can't remember what happened to her, but you know, I don't know if you remember that. She got into it. She
0: a, was from Sullivan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. our Sullivan? Yeah,
1: yeah, got right there in 44. But then about six months after that, and I'm going to say, because I don't want to be sued by by her if she's listening, um, she allegedly drove the wrong way on Interstate 44 and hit another car head on. I believe killed two people in the other car.
0: Was I looked, she drunk?
1: Well, you know, you can't say that. You allegedly, allegedly She, she allegedly, you know, you, you, fig, you figure... There aren't too many people that get on the highway going the wrong direction. There's usually two classes of people. A, they're drunk. So, B, they're 95 years old. You know what I'm saying? That's usually your two classes of people end up on the interstate going the wrong direction. Or C. Or if
0: they have joystickers.
1: Or, yeah, or no, yeah. C, <laughs> if they have a joysticker. Or, or D, if they're trying to get away from the police. That's that's your four classes of people who are driving the wrong direction on an interstate. Yes. Right. I'll look that up. I, I think I don't know what happened to her. Because I know that she'd she been, I'll I'll look at, see what's going on with that. Because because it was the same woman. She's the one, remember, had the picture. She's holding up the broken sign that had Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, that she tore off the door of Nancy Pelosi's office. Some really nice people. Okay, we have to take a break at 6.59. I love that song. That's the a cappella version, obviously, that everybody else is playing the full instrumental. But I like the a cappella better. So that's what I we I do, play.
0: too. It's kind of lovely. And she's so talented. Like a, um, you know, like a... A big band song without the big band.
1: Well, it's almost like a uh, perfect pitch kind of stuff. You know what I mean? If you ever seen the perfect pitch movie, that would I it, never have. Oh, you never seen that movie before? No. Oh, you know, you know, I watch it because it's a chick flick. You know, it's the only thing I watch. I was watch. just
0: gonna say that. <laughs> like ver- verbatim.
1: <laughs> it's the only thing I watch is chick flicks. Right. Okay. A um, couple yeah. things to talk um, about. Carry over from last perfect hour. Perfect or something. The lady's name is Emily Hernandez. This is an article from the Channel Four website, published March 21st of this year. A Sullivan, Missouri woman seen holding House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's sign during the U.S. Capitol riot in January 6, 2021, has been hurt, has had her sentencing delayed. During a video conference in January, Emily Hernandez, 22, pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of entering a restricted building. In a court filing last week, prosecutors wrote that they were requesting Hernandez serve a 45-day prison sentence. One year of supervised release, 60 hours of community service, and pay a $500 restitution. Blah, blah, blah. It talks about, you know, she's a 2018 graduate of Sullivan High School, later turned herself into the FBI office in St. Louis. U.S. Attorney's Office did not ask that she be detained during her first virtual hearing. According to federal documents, she faced the following charges, knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or or grounds, disorderly conduct, steal, sell, convey, or dispose of anything of value to the United States, disruptive conduct in the Capitol buildings, parading, demonstrating, or picketing in the Capitol buildings. And they said that she had to make restitution on the sign. To replace the sign is going to cost 850 bucks. Now, here's the last paragraph in the story. Earlier this year, Hernandez was arrested for driving while intoxicated following a deadly crash on eastbound Interstate 44 in Franklin County. No action has been taken to her license. She faces up to a $100,000 fine for her role in the Capitol riot. So, She's in a heap of trouble. And I don't know, I don't know if there's any updates on that or not, but man, I'm telling you. You know, there is do you know there was only in January 6th of all the media people in St. Louis, there was only one media person from St. Louis who was in the Capitol on January sixth. You know who that was? Who? Mark Cox at 971. And he's back
0: on Mark. Well, he's taken
1: some grief over that because people are going like Why? Well, because once again, People get painted with the broad brush. That's what people are complaining about. Is that they're they're saying that the FBI has got cell phone records. You know, when you when you're walking around with your cell phone, it's pinging the towers, so they know where you are. Even if you're not on your phone, the the cell company knows where you're at. That's how you see this a lot of times where people have disappear. They're, you know, they're, you know, like kidnapping and things like that. They go to the cell company and the cell company can say, okay, at 6.05, they were on this cell site that's on a corner of, you know, Manchester and 141. And, and at 8.05, they were pinged at this cell site in downtown St. Louis. And that was the last time we saw a ping. Okay. So they have gone through the cell phone records and they have every single person that had a cell phone. They have a list of every single person who was there on the grounds in D.C. on January 6th. And some of the people they're pursuing, even if they didn't have, even if they weren't in the Capitol, never participated in their ride or anything like that, they're calling them in to question them. Hey, okay, we noticed you were in D.C. Matter of fact, you were a couple blocks away from the Capitol building uh, because we see you right here on this cell site. shows you were right here, right, you know, within this little radius right here with this cell site is. What were you doing? Well, you know, I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. And I'm going like, okay, that's a little bit spooky, don't you think? I think the whole thing was spooky. Well, first off, the guys who broke in are nutbags. I mean, that's all there is to it. I'm, you know, I don't care. I don't, you give me an excuse. I'll say anything you say, it's BS. You know, you shouldn't, they shouldn't have done what they did. You know, and they're trying to blame, you know, that's why they're trying to tar and feather Trump, you know, and maybe deser- deservedly so. Who knows? But they're trying to, you know, if you know this whole goofy thing, they're trying to charge him with some crime where essentially, according to the federal statutes, if you're convicted of this crime, you can never run for office again. Do you see a little, little coincidence there a guy with the only guy who's already announced for president in 2024 is Donald Trump and they're trying to convict him of some grievous thing he did where he can't run for office see I find this fascinating because there are people that are still scared to death of Donald Trump you know and why because he's a nutbag that's all there's to it you know a good nutbag I always I always thought the goofy stuff he did I like people who do goofy stuff you know I mean, that's my. You favorite. do. I do. I mean, you know, <laughs> give me somebody. I you
0: we're kind of a straight and narrow kind. Of no, dad.
1: give me somebody. Like for example, we'll talk about this last hour. The Herb Kelleher from Southwest Airlines. Okay, Herb was this larger than life figure, both for the people who worked at Southwest Airlines and for me, the guys who used to fly all the time who loved Southwest Airlines. Because what did Herb do on the holidays? Herb would show up on Thanksgiving Day at an airport someplace on a Christmas day and help the baggage guys load the planes. Okay. He's the freaking president CEO of the airline. He could be sitting, you know, on a boat in the Bahamas somewhere, but instead he's busting his butt with the luggage guys on Thanksgiving or Christmas day. He used to do that all the time. Okay. There was a a matter of fact, I wish I could find this poster, but you know how when you're in in the jetways, they have posters on the wall like promoting various things airlines do. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Okay, there was one of him in his, he didn't have his coat jacket, his suit jacket on, but he's got a white shirt on with a tie and. He's got his arm rolled up, the sleeve his, uh, on, on his arm rolled up, and on his bicep, he's like, and he he's look, he's looks like he's sort of looked like Mark McCluskey. He looks like he's got a pretty good muscle there. And on, on his bicep, it was tattooed, born to ship. And they were promoting the fact that you can ship things in Southwest Airlines. That was the guy. He was a hands-on kind of guy. He would routinely show up like, you know, various days of the week he would just show up at like an airport and he'd go around and shake hands, hey, you know, thanks for doing a good job. You know, he'd go in the cockpit, talk to the pilots, talk to the you know, the service agents there at the at the you know, at the the you know, where you go into the you know, where they check you in for the you know, jetway, give you your cards and all that kind of stuff. That was the kind of guy he was. I love those kind of guys. I don't like the kind of guys, these knuckleheads like this Sam Bankman Freed who, you know, screws people and him and his girlfriend walk away with billions of dollars and then his mom and dad you know uh you know oh, Sam you can't put him in jail he's a vegan if you give him meat he'll 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 regurgitateers so, i oh, don't whatever you know and yet you know and so a 250 billion dollar 250 million dollar bond he gets off with his parents pledging their houses collateral and his house is, their house is worth like $5 million, okay? Like, they're poor people, $5 million. And you read their backgrounds, they're both attorneys. His parents are both attorneys. Do you know that?
0: Well, they sure gave in easily, didn't and, they? And
1: see, that's where the Bankman-Freed things comes from. Do you know that? You know the story? No. His dad is named Bankman, and his mom's named Freed. She didn't change her name. So he's Sam Bankman-Freed. Bankman's his father. Fried's he's a his, hyphen dude? Yes! Sam Bankman, his father is... Is named Bankman. I'm pretty sure I got him right. His father's Bankman and his mom's Freed. when they got married, she didn't change her name. So he decided he was going to be since his dad's name is Bankman and his mom's name is Freed. He's going to be hyphenated. So it's Sam Bankman dash hyphen whatever you call it Freed. That's his name. And he's you know let's be honest. He's a spoiled little rich kid is what he is. You know that's let's just be honest. You know and he and he I bet
0: he graduated high school. And probably went to college.
1: See, you're making my point. <laughs> if he would have dropped out, he would own a McDonald's somewhere and he would be doing great. You know, he'd have a good life and he'd have lots of money because he owned his McDonald's. But instead, he's scamming people out of their money. You know? God, it ticks me off. Whatever
0: okay. you say. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> no, you're supposed to say, uh, uh, hold on, she says, uh, you do... I, she said the smartest woman in the world says you're you're a jealous poor man you're damn right i am <laughs> i'm a jealous poor man because i didn't i didn't screw people out of their money and i didn't have expensive beachfront property oh here it is right here she sent me she sent me the picture southwest airlines collectible herb Kellherd born to ship t-shirt you can buy it hold on maybe i don't see if i'm buy one of these Buy one of what? Born to ship T-shirt. It's got Herb with his with his shirt. <laughs> I'll send you this. I'll send you this link. Um, source eBay. Start free trial. Sold for a free trial. Uh, I don't think you can. I think this is like historical thing. Let's see if I can try to buy it. Start free trial. Sign and see what it's worth. Oh no no no! It's it's a it's a collectible thing. It's worth point. In other words, it's some website that you can you can you can essentially. Put things on there, and people will tell you what it's worth, or they bid on, or something like that. But here, I'll send you the I'll send you the site. Um, smartest woman in the world sent me this, and I thought it was so cool. I love her because this was Herb. This was Herb. This was the guy. He was like hands on. If you know what we're talking about, the issue about about the the fact that um, the meltdown with Southwest Airlines is the guy that t- took over from him, Gary Kelly, is a, is an accountant. And he's a numbers nerd and all he cared about was numbers, 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 numbers and how good the stock's doing and, you know, and return on investment for their stockholders. You know, once again, that's all important kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. If you buy stock in a company, you want the company to make money so your stock appreciates. But by the same point in time, if you don't pay attention to what the business, the company's in, you're in trouble, right? True. Okay. Um, the smartest woman in the world has all sorts of stuff she sent me. Here's the other thing. She's got two things on there. I can't read the one. Well, I can read one. An Adam's apple is simply a a name for the area of the thyroid cartilage that appears more prominent on the front of the neck. It's mostly seen in men following puberty due to more significant growth of the larynx, but it can also occur in women. And women have a glandular tissue below the bladder and surrounding the urethra that appears to be homologous to the male prostate. This tissue, also called female prostate, are skein's glands, S-K-E-N-E-S, skein's glands, appears to be the source of a viscous white... Oh, I won't read that. I'm not going to read that.
0: <laughs> oh, come on. No, it.
1: I'm not going to read that. <laughs> that's, that's TMI for 7.16 in the morning, okay? That's, You've
0: talked about other things. Like 7, I'm not going to
1: read in that. The I'm Can't not going to read that one. Okay, you ready okay. for this?
0: A baby 50 oh, year- baby gonna cry
1: yeah I'm gonna cry 50 years ago what were the top baby names in America 50 years ago okay
0: okay um Shelley
1: nope yes okay here's in the 1970s <clears throat> excuse me here's the most popular main names of men boys in 1970s oh,
0: weren't specific
1: well yeah yeah guess what the number one name is in the 70s was and this is put out by the social security administrations because they they got all the names they know who's where john. everybody's at john's on the list but it's not number one number one is michael jack no number one is michael mike yeah that's number one guess what dave. Number two well dave that's down the list number two is christopher number three is jason number four is david you had that one number five is james number six is john Seven is Robert. Eight is Brian. Nine is William. And number 10 is. What do you think number 10 is? Take a guess.
0: Oh. What was the one before it?
1: Uh, Number nine is William. Number 10 is. Uh, Matthew. Timothy. No, Matthew. Okay. How about women? Okay. 1970s, most popular name. The number one name. Take a guess.
0: Elizabeth.
1: Jennifer. Number two is Amy. Number three is Melissa. Number four is Michelle. Kimberly is five. Six is Lisa. Seven is Angela. Eight is Heather, Heather Locklear. Nine is Stephanie. And ten is Nicole. Now, get this. Here's a map. This is put out. This is pretty interesting. This is put out by the Social Security Administration. It's a map of the entire country by states And this is from 2021. Obviously, we can't have 2022 because we're still in 2022, but this is for 2021. It lists the top and has this big graphic, and it lists the number one name in each state for men and women, girls and boys. Okay? Number one name in 2021 in Missouri. Girl. Guess. Harper. Nope. Starts Um, with an O. I'm sorry? Starts with an O. Olivia. Olivia? Yes. And the number one name for boys in state of Missouri in 2021 is Oliver. So we have Olivia and Oliver. Now, if you look at this map, almost every state in the United States, the number one name for, for girls is Olivia. Olivia. And for the boys, it changes. Like for example, in Washington State, it's Liam, and in um, and in that's the same in 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 Nevada, in California, the number one name from girls is Olivia. Number two, uh, the the number one name for boys is Noah. In um, interesting in New Mexico, have Mex- you
0: met any of these young kids?
1: Well, these were born last year. Yeah. I, I've been hanging out at the, at the, at, you know, at the. Okay, at, Pervy. At, no. At I the, meant, have the... you
0: met any of the. Have you ever met an Olivia? I have. I've never met an Olivia. Yeah. Have you ever met an Oliver? I have. Well, Brad. You know everybody, so I, you don't count.
1: I met Ollie North, Oliver North. I met him at an airport. You
0: did do that. I didn't did you?
1: met. A matter of fact, that's my these poor people who were stuck in the airport at the time. I can't remember the name of the airline. They went out of business. I went to NA. I went to Los Angeles for our NAB National Association of Broadcasters convention. And on the way back, you know, the ladies at the, you know, at the check-in counter at the airport, hey, we just want to keep you informed that flight number 6502 is running a little bit late. It'll be here about 20 minutes from now. And then you get back on in an hour. Oh, we just want to inform you that uh, flight 6502 is, is a little bit later than we thought. It'll be here any minute now. And 20 minutes later, we just want to inform you that 56502 is, is it, we think it's on the way right now. We'll keep you informed. And then an hour later, we just want to inform you that flight 6502 has been canceled and the ladies two ladies closed their little kiosk thing, took their microphone with them and they left
0: and, and ran <laughs> right
1: and they ran away and we're all looking like okay they didn't
0: take their come up and they just <laughs> so, booked.
1: what the hell do we do? So yeah. everybody's just standing, like sort of
0: stunned. <laughs> yes,
1: everybody's standing around, just sort of like stunned. We're like, okay, and was, by this time it's nine o'clock at night, okay, on L.A., and everybody's looking around. So I'm going like, okay, I'm going to be a little proactive here. So I say, hey, who's going to St. Louis? A real odd voice, and about ten people raise their hand. I said, hey, let's all get together and figure out what we're going to do. So we went as a group, literally went as a group, and we started going to the other airlines. And saying, hey, we just got bumped off of this flight. Can you get us in? And I think we ended up on United. But the problem was it wasn't a direct flight to St. Louis. It was a red-eye from from L.A. to Chicago. So we ended up in – and well, not unless a red-eye. took off at like 11 o'clock that night. So we ended up in Chicago at like 2 in the morning, okay? And the next flight out of Chicago wasn't until noon the next day. I slept on the floor in Chicago O'Hare, and then we all got on the same plane, you know, my little band of 10, which I sort of became the leader, you know, we all got on. But anyway, when we were going counter to counter, we were down at, I think, the American counter, and there's this guy standing next to me, and I'm looking, I'm going like, I know this guy. And I, I, I look over, and I'm real close to where you're standing. I looked over, and he's got his documents on on the... And he's uh, short. Yeah, he's short. He's Man. got he's got his documents on the, the counter. And it's Oliver North. And I said, Ali North, the guy, you know, from the famed deal with the his deal with, with Reagan, where he got himself in trouble. And then he for a long time he was a reporter on uh, Fox News. Matter of fact, he was over in Iraq and, and all sorts of places. Anyway, um and I said, Are you Oliver North? And he says, yes, I am. And he shakes my hand. I go, I go, wow, impressive. You know, I'm telling you, I don't think the guy was five foot six. He wasn't very big. And here's this rough, tough Marine dude. But, you know, once again, even at that point in time, you know, he was probably, I guess he's, I think he's like, I can't remember how old he is, but you know, he still had that air bottom, like, Hey, get in my way. I'll kick your butt. You know what I mean? You sort of got that vibe. You know what I'm saying? I do. <laughs> he was not to be messed with. So I do know Oliver, and I know another Oliver, believe it or not. And one of my kids knows an Oliver, too. Now, hold on Let me go a little bit further in this article. They talk about, they talk about, here's something else. Um, Social Security Administration uh, started compiling baby names lists in 1997, retroactively identified 200 of the most popular first names given to boys and girls in the 1970s. They were approximately 17.1 million male births and 16.5 million female births that, that decade, according to the SSA's record. Wow, that doesn't seem like a lot. 17.1 million boys, 16.5 million girls. Uh, SSA combed through the millions of records and found which names were most prevalent for Gen X babies born between 1970 and 1979. Here are the top 10. They give them the names. So going back to the map, what's interesting, almost, I would say, half the states the number one's girls girl number one girl's name is Olivia, and the boy's name changes all over the place. It's some of them are. Let me see. We'll go back again. Uh, Wisconsin. It's number one girl's name is Charlotte, and the number the number boy number one boy's name is Oliver. Another one like that in Iowa.
0: I think that Oliver paid some people off.
1: There's quite a few states where it's Oliver. Um, there's a bunch of Noah's. I'm trying to read. There's a bunch of states with Noah's for boy. Oh, here's one down in Louisiana. This one makes sense. Okay. What's the number one boy's name in Louisiana? Oliver. No, it's Liam.
0: In Louisiana?
1: Yeah, which is sort of weird.
0: I thought that would be like an up in west Lu-
1: kind of in thing. In Louisiana, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Texas, the number one's boy's name is in twenty twenty one is Liam. And wow. In all of those states. Arkansas. We
0: didn't have one country in Western Star name. I Liam know, no
1: looks or anything like that. Make the charts. Yeah, and uh, and same thing with 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 um, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. The number one girl's name is Olivia. Number one boy's name is is Liam. And here's um uh, oh here's interesting, here's an old school in Alabama. The number one boy's name is William. Um. What's this one? Willie. I can't even read it. No, it's, I can't remember what that is. Um, I'm trying to blow this thing up, and I can't get it. Some of the states are real small, have real small lettering on it. But on the West Coast— Take a picture and then read it. Oh, in Oregon, their number one girl's name is El- 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 excuse me, Evelyn.
0: Where are they coming up with these names? Because I've never—
1: That's also the number one name for uh, girls in South Dakota— and oh, get this: in Minnesota, the number one girl's name is Charlene, and that's also the okay. number one girl's name in Wisconsin. Charlene, and both of those states' the number one boy's name is Oliver. Oliver, I'm telling you. Oh, here, South Dakota, the number one boy's name is. You ready for this? I, I
0: just feel like the results are skewed. Henry,
1: South Dakota, in also that's the number one name in Nebraska. Uh, Evelyn is the number one girl's name in South Dakota. Henry is the number one boys' game. Our boys' name. And in Nebraska, the number one girl's name is Olivia. The number one boy's name is Henry. Let me go on the East Coast here. Um, in New Hampshire, it's it's um, Olivia and Oliver. In Massachusetts, it's Oliver, Olivia, and Noah. In Vermont, it's Olivia and Noah. Almost all the East Coast uh, states, with the exception of what is that, um, Delaware. The number one girl's name is Charlotte. Number one boy's name is Liam, and also the same thing for. Um, what is that? West Virginia? I don't know. It's a bunch of them. There's like in the entire state, the entire country. There's like ten names that are the either number one boys or number one girls names. Isn't that weird? Mm, my maybe fa- a little
0: bit, but not a lot.
1: My father wanted to name my brother D-Day. Huh. Because he was born on June 6th, June which was D-Day. My dad was a World War II veteran. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I would love a bizarre name like that. You know? I mean, because you think about that. All you have to do is say Shaquille, and everybody knows who you're talking about. Right? Shaquille O'Neal. Because how many Shaquilles do you know? Now there's a bunch of Shaquilles. You know. I only know the one. Well, there's, there's a very common name among black kids now. I've seen it several times. I don't think too many white people are going to call their kid Shaquille. Although, you know what the heck?
0: Not everybody. Yeah.
1: You Never know what? Mind. If I was going to be, if I was going to change my name, you know, what I'd change it to.
0: Um. I already Trace.
1: use it. I already use it. I already use it. Hint. <laughs> what?
0: I oh, already radiation use it. DJ. No,
1: I would change it to Waldo. <laughs> uh. Our,
0: Aren't you already monikered that? Our
1: Archibald. Our, I always thought Archibald was a cool name. I worked with a guy named Archibald. We called him Archie.
0: Well, yeah, that's usually what happens.
1: Right. But and he was a weirdo. You think
0: that's a really cool name?
1: Archie was Archie was this guy I worked with at the police department. He wasn't a cop, but he, gave out, he was like a civilian employee, gave out parking tickets. And Archie was the biggest liar in the world. Archie at the time was probably in his early 30s. And Archie bragged about the fact that he was a jet fighter pilot and been in the army. Been, no, been in the been in the Air Force. He was Air Force fighter pilot, retired out of Scott Air Force Base. And the amazing thing was, he would re- every Friday was the same thing. Well, boys, gotta go to the airport. Gotta fly my jet this weekend. And it was all BS. And everybody just okay. See, you, Archie, and he'd leave the room. They go, can you believe this guy? Does he really believe that we we think that he's a jet fighter pilot? And he, this went on all the time, and it was a joke because of the fact that that he was serious. He thought everybody thought he was he was. You know, they they have a term for it now. I don't know if you heard this thing. It's called stolen valor. Have you ever heard this before? I haven't. They have, they go after these guys that get uniforms and pretend they're like like you know regular service guys, and they say you can normally spot them a mile away because they wear a dress uniform with. All kinds of all kinds of metals on it, you know, like you know all the what they call what they call it, fruit salad. I think they call it all the different stripes. You know, you have like on your your left side, you know, above, you know, on your above, you know, around your lapel in a dress uniform. Yeah. And and Archie, and it was funny because keep in mind at the time I was working with guys who some of the cops I worked with were Vietnam vets, and when Archie would talk about this, some of the guys used to get really ticked. Because he would tell them about how he would do these, he was a Vietnam veteran, you know, fighter pilot in Vietnam, and he would, you know, strafe the Viet Cong, and he'd drop napalm on the people, and people were like, okay, Archie. And some of the vets would just get really aggravated with him. Someone would yell at me, Archie, get out of here. They wouldn't put it so nicely. But that's what he'd talk about all the time. Every Friday, hey, guys, going to the airport, got to put in my time, got to put in my stick time. That was his phrase. I got to put in my stick time. Is that bizarre or what?
0: Pretty bizarre.
1: And his name wasn't wasn't Noah or Liam or Henry or one of the other side of the names we gave. What was it? It was Archie. It's 731.
0: The Archies.
1: We've got to get through this morning first. It's BS.show. We are here right now. Do you know, can you, can you, you know this? You know what happens on, on uh, Sunday besides that being the New Year's Day? You know what happens Sunday?
0: Well, I do know some things that are happening. Why? What's up?
1: It's the start of the second season of BS.show. It s- is. We switched to BS.show on January 1st of 2022. So on January 1st of 2023, we will have season number two.
0: Season, duh.
1: Yeah, season two. Okay. Jim Buffer, who we had on the air with us, what, week before last? Last week. Last week about the About uh, the... Um, Dave, uh, uh, excuse me, Dan Fogelberg's song, another Ed, old Lang Syne. Speaking of
0: rounds, I mean, it, there's radio stations talking about it. Right. There's Riverfront Times. Well,
1: there's- she's, I actually, I don't know if I told you this or not, I've actually emailed back and forth with her. And That was good. I invited her on the air and she said she really didn't want to do it. She says, contact her next year. She may be interested. Okay, Jim Buffaro lives in Kansas City now. He's at the airport in kansas city he's at kci he's putting his daughter on the plane i don't know where she's going to she's going to some he talks about she's got a layover in vegas okay he posted on his facebook account i just saw this a picture of the departures from kci you know on the the video board that shows all the flights okay just on one side of the board from atlanta to lax there are 21 flights listed okay of the twenty-one flights listed, seventeen are canceled. <laughs> seventeen are canceled, and there's only four of them that are actually have show they're on time. One of them I can't read the because the way he took the picture I can't see. We further down he took it at like an angle, and if you go further down the uh, the list on the left side, it looks like it's Columbus is on time, and I can't read the other. Okay, and the other side of the of this, uh, the thing where he's got all of them on here, Nashville canceled. There's two flights in Nashville, canceled. New Orleans, canceled. New York, LaGuardia, canceled. Orange County, Santa, uh, was that Santa Ana, canceled. Orlando, canceled. Orlando on time. Second or, or third Orlando, canceled. Philadelphia, canceled. Phoenix, canceled. Phoenix, second flight, or actually second flight to Phoenix is on time. Third flight to Phoenix is running a little bit late. Fourth flight to Phoenix, canceled. Pittsburgh, on time. Rochester, canceled. Salt Lake City canceled, St. Louis on time, believe it or not, Uh, Syracuse canceled, Tampa canceled, Washington, D.C., Reagan, two of them canceled, canceled. So out of 42, let me read up here. There's four in this column. Out of 42 flights, one, two, three, four, out of 42 flights, there are only nine of them that are actually flying. Can you believe that? Forty-two flights, and there's only nine of them that haven't been canceled. Let me look at the, what the weather is in Kansas City. I think it's really nice right now in Kansas City. I don't, you know, why? I'm... So it's
0: it's the weather that's stopping all these.
1: It's not. It's the goofy thing with Southwest. Their system is melted here. Let me look at this. Chicago's forty-eight. See, the weather is really good. Nashville, um, right now, Nashville. It's cloudy and fifty-six. That was that was one that had some cancellations on it. Let's go back here. Chicago. Is cloudy and 48. Uh, Denver is cloudy and 27. Uh, Los Angeles drizzle and 61. Uh, Memphis cloudy and 56. Las Vegas cloudy and 44. Pensacola mostly cloudy 61. Mobile partly cloudy 57. Anchorage partly cloudy 23. There's no there's no precipitation practically anywhere in the country right now. Kansas City, the sun is out right now in Kansas City. It's sunny. And it's right now, it's currently 58 degrees in Kansas City. And out of 42 flights that are on the board for Southwest Airlines in Kansas City, only nine of them have not been canceled. The other, what is that? The other 30, what, 33? Is that right? 30, no. There's 42. So there's nine. Yeah, 33. Of 42 flights, 33 have been canceled. Is that crazy or what? I mean, can you imagine? And, And yesterday... I heard this story last night. Southwest Airlines is temporarily renting renting warehouse space at a couple of warehouse warehouse buildings near the airport and they're taking all the luggage to this warehouse and they're hiring people to go through and scan all the luggage tags and they're contacting the people to tell them, "Hey, come to such and such an address and Hazelwood to pick up your luggage."
0: Is that crazy or what? I was walking into the QT the other yesterday actually and a gentleman he had like I don't know 20 bags in the back of his truck. And I said, "Oh, you just you just got broke free from Lambert." And he goes, "I'm delivering these to people."
1: Is that cro- no kidding? Yeah. Is that crazy or what?
0: It was cray-cray. I mean, I... I'm like, well, you are such a good man. Well, he's
1: he's not doing it for free. They hired him, right? He's probably... Well,
0: I don't know, but sometimes oh, yeah. there's not enough money, Brad.
1: Well, you know, I, I used to love Southwest. I don't fly nearly as... I used to fly... I was one of these, I want to say a frequent flyer, but I flew almost every week. Sometimes, you know, at least once, you know, I mean, one round trip, sometimes you know multiple round trips um you know a week when i was back in the late 90s early 2000s and i flew a lot and i love southwest i love the east terminal matter of fact back in the day you could park the parking right there in front of the east terminal now terminal two they keep changing the names it wasn't that expensive to park in the hourly lot i think it was only like a dollar an hour or something like that and you could park there i you know i'd Sometimes I'd do it Out and back in a day I'd fly out in the morning I'd take an early flight out Go wherever I'm going And I'd turn around and come back that night And if you remember When back in the day When Southwest first came Into St. Louis They started to get popular They had a flight Every hour to Chicago Remember that? Every hour You could go to the airport If you missed one You just wait a couple minutes There's another one And If
0: you were going to hell On Southwest Airlines You would be going Through Chicago
1: You didn't like Going through Chicago and Southwest?
0: Well, no, that's just the way it is. See, that's, I mean, they, they did have those hourly flights. Right. And yeah. And,
1: and they went to Midway and people, oh, I hate Midway. I'd love Midway. Give me Midway over a hair any day. You know, smaller airport, you know, easy to get in and out of, sort of like the East Terminal. I mean, easy to get in and out of. What do they want to do? They want to tear it down and they want to build one great big terminal building where you got to walk 14,000 miles to get to your plane. Southwest, if you have somebody, if you drop them off at the departure, you go up in the top side there, you, dr- you, know, you drive in, you open the door, they get out, they go through the TSA screening, which is right there at the door. I mean, literally you walk through the door and the queue, the you know, the ropes, the queue ropes are there. You walk through the queue ropes, you go through the metal detectors. And if you're lucky enough for like, I think it's gate like eight, nine or 10, you walk out of the, the TSA screening area and your gates right there. I mean, from the time you get out of your car to the time you're sitting at your gate is, you know, I mean, I don't know about the time, but maybe 100 steps, 150 maybe. You know, whereas if you go like to South, or if you go American, you got to go through the main terminal. You got to go down the escalator. You got to go this. You got to do that. You got to, you know, put your finger on your nose and flap your arms and pretend you're a plane and, you know, and do a two-step. And, and then you go down this corridor and you go down... <sighs> That's what they want to do with everything. They want to have it to the point where you go through the main terminal building. They're not going to tear that down. The main terminal building is still going to stay there. And then there's going to be one concourse that's going to branch off of that. So you have to go through the main terminal. You have to go down the escalators. And then you go to this main terminal where everybody's on the same concourse. I'm going like, why are we going backwards? Why are we tearing down... All these gates that were built only some of those gates, like on you know on the the, uh, what used to be called Terminal D, which they closed. Some of those gates were only like thirty years old. You go to some of these airports, you know, like fly into, you know, I mean, some of these airports they've been there for like centuries. Well, not centuries, but you know they've been there for like you know, the Wright brothers designed those some of those airports. You know what I mean? They're still functional airports.
0: Whatever you say. Listen to you. Well, what do you want me to say? So,
1: you could say, "Shut up, Brad. You don't know what you're talking about."
0: Because, <laughs> well, see, that's actually why I usually believe you is because you really are very knowledgeable, and and you you're a storyteller because radio is the theater of the mind, right? So you can sit there and tell me something. And I will believe it until you show your tell. I, and I, then I know that you're full of I
1: crap. have I have never said anything in this show in the years we've been doing this it was not 100% true.
0: That, that is a lie. <laughs> that is a big fat lie. We both know it. We both know you're full of the BS. <laughs> Whatever, dude. My
1: favorite thing was... <laughs> i don't know how long ago this was (laughs) i won't tell the story i get myself in trouble (laughs) has to do with my family and if i mention my daughter typically she's listening and when i say something they're like i told the story about when she tried out for the golden girls and she sends me a nasty text that's not how it happened yes it's exactly how it happened remember i was there you 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 were there too but i remember matter of fact i took notes i still have my notes from that that trip you know okay we arrived in columbia at 652 on a tuesday night i get my you know you see me taking notes like that right i have <laughs> Seven forty 47 it is bs.show yeah. hearts on fire 753 a thursday only one more day for us to be on the air although i may not be here tomorrow i've i've talked about that later
0: i'm sorry what
1: i may not be here tomorrow so this could be our last show
0: Where are you going? I
1: have some place I have to possibly go tomorrow. That that didn't make sense. Have to possibly. Um, I have to go pick up a part for something I'm working on, and it's not local. I have to
0: drive. Is it in Quincy?
1: No, it's not in Quincy.
0: Is it in some place in Illinois?
1: It is in Illinois, but I'm not sure what's going to happen. I may have to pick it up tomorrow. I'm not sure. so I may not be here tomorrow. I'll I'll tell you later. I'll know. I'll I got to talk to the guy. It's for one of the transmitters. Okay. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Dude, you're the you're the host. I'm just the co-host.
1: You no, know, whatever a woman can do, no, my saying is whatever man can do, woman can do better. You're the host. I'm just along for the ride.
0: That's not true. Shelley if is, I was the host and you were the co-host. We wouldn't have as many listeners as we do.
1: Shelley is the captain of the ship. I'm just the guy who's down in the engine room, and you go more coal. I'm like okay, faster, faster. I'm throwing coal in the in the boiler.
0: I'm giving it all she has got, Captain. Right.
1: <laughs> the, dilith- the, what, the dilithium crystals are are disintegrating, Captain. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, you know. To a certain extent, I hate this week because it's every short. no everybody's gone. You know, I mean, there's nobody at work. You go to places. Oh well, Jim would Jim takes care of that, and he's on vacation till next week. You know, I'm going. Like, Come on, you got to run a business. Run it 52 weeks out of the year. Don't run it 51 weeks out of the year. You know, I mean, I've I've heard guys on another radio station, well, we shut down the week between. There's a lot of companies that manufacturing plants that shut down between Christmas and and uh, New Year's. And I'm going like, okay, you know, must be nice. You got so much money, you could, eh, just shut down for a week. You know, I mean, me, if I ran that company, hey, you people show up for work next week. You don't show up for work between Christmas and, and New Year's. You're fired. Find a new job. Work the drive through at McDonald's. That would be me. You don't think,
0: right?
1: <laughs> like, like in the radio business, there's nobody. You and I are like the only people who are working a normal shift. I don't care what station you listen to. Hi, this is Jim sitting in for Susie Q, who's on vacation. You know, Dave Glover takes off like the tenth of December and doesn't come back to like the twentieth of January. Oh, it's my vacation time. Okay. What about
0: um, Reardon and Annie Fry? Uh,
1: they've all had guest hosts in
0: yes i know
1: i know well once again nobody's working you know i mean you, you look at channel any you know, of the tv stations you know all mike the Mike lo-
0: Elam's working well that's
1: mike elam he's a different kind of guy but if you look at all he's the what he's a different kind of guy if you look at all he the,
0: really is he's such a nice man
1: if you look at all the tv stations everybody on the air is like oh that's not the normal weather person that's not the normal reporter oh where'd that person come from <laughs> they're, they're all like filling people you know, can't we have the normal? See, and what's really interesting is that, don't get me going on this. I think that whole country. Well, you're
0: the one that well, started it. The
1: country's gone too soft. Everybody's, everything's too soft. Let's
0: not get on a political rant at 7.57 in the morning. It's not
1: a political rant. It's just a, a general observation. Everything's- everybody's Totally. Too,
0: it's going to get political. You I mean, wh- here,
1: let me put it to this way. There w- you go. When I was in my teens, if someone offered me 20 bucks an hour- to work at a fast food place down in chesterfield valley i would be doing the snoopy dance i would say can i work 80 hours a week you know i mean i'd go like can i make sixteen hundred dollars a week you know 40 hours at let's say 40 hours at 20 bucks an hour is 800 dollars can i work double shifts can i work 16 hours a week i'll just go home and sleep for seven hours i'll be back here for another double tomorrow I'm making $1,600 a week, which translates out to, like, $75,000 a year. I mean, like, I mean, come on, give me that job any day. I mean, and once again, you and I talk to business owners all the time. What is the number one complaint of business owners right now?
0: They can't find help. Right. They can't find
1: help because nobody wants to work. I'm going like, you know, matter of fact, can I tell you something? I heard a guy the other day that said especially young men, you know why young men don't want to
0: work? Um, They want to play games.
1: Well, you're partly right. He said, it was pretty funny, they're down in their parents' basements playing video games and watching porn. I'm
0: going, well
1: i was close i going like
0: I okay you know give it the <laughs> um, give it give it the old uh what is that called
1: old college try yes <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and i'm thinking it to was, myself it's
0: called something else it's called he, um,
1: he he he's he said that and i'm thinking to myself he's exactly right all these young guys you know and like for example you talk to any of the military recruiters i mean they'll tell you the same thing you know oh you mean i i have to wear a uniform you mean I have to get up early in the morning? We can't. We can't start like our training at like ten o'clock. I can't take my Game Boy out on the shooting range. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You mean you mean there's not video games in the in the barracks? Well, why would I want to join this organization, right? Yep. <laughs> okay. Do you know,
0: want to know something cute? So oh, we can't. I'll talk about that next week or tomorrow. Tomorrow, maybe.
1: if I'm here. If not, we'll talk about it next year. Okay. Say goodbye, maybe for the rest of the year, but say maybe goodbye for the rest of the year.
0: Maybe goodbye for the rest of the year. It has truly been an honor and a pleasure being on the air with you, Brad. And um, I think we make a little difference in the world. Like you taught me, M A D E, make a difference every day. Peace and I fly. I
1: feel that I've really fallen down this year, but we're going to try harder next year. Eight o'clock.
0: Good riddance 2022. Yes. Welcome.